like our content? It's funded by viewers like you. Please consider becoming a sustaining supporter of New Church Live today. Good morning, friends. Welcome to the New Church Live podcast. I am Pastor Chuck Blair. It's wonderful to have you here joining us at New Church Live, a church where we really focus on being caring, accepting, and relevant. This podcast is designed so we can share each other's stories. We can talk about spirituality and talk about Christian New Church theology and how all that comes together. And in this particular episode, we will explore the topic of heaven, Focusing on how heaven really comes down to three things, and these are the three, people, place, and purpose. And this is a really interesting topic. It's a great way to sort of hold the, the, the inevitable losses of life and to see what lies beyond, to get a sense of what heaven is like and how heaven can maybe even in some ways be reflected in our lives here and now. So thank you so much for joining us. Enjoy the episode. Hi, folks. Welcome to another podcast here with New Church Live. I am so excited to have my buddy Curtis joining me again as we're taking a look at, at how heaven works and, and how heaven, you know, the mechanics of it. And it's it's a beautiful thing to consider because, you know, the idea that we have this idea of heaven and that we can live it. I mean, that's sort of the point. And Curtis, I'll let you say hi to everyone and then we'll get started. Hello, everybody. Let's talk about the coolest thing, which is this amazing state of mind slash destination in the afterlife that Swedenborg calls heaven. Yeah, that's great. All right. So Curtis, let's get started with that. Like the Swedenborgian view around individuality, individuation. And you you can see where I'm going to be pointing this, obviously. But but how do you kind of hold that, Curtis? You know, that idea. How do you see see Swedenborg's idea around individuality? How do you see that that working? Yeah, it's it's not just a a quirk of reality, but it's really important that n nobody's the same as anybody else. N nobody doesn't matter how many people there are on into thousands of years from now. And there's been all these billions and billions of people. Nobody's ever going to be exactly the same as anyone else. And that's good because the, our individuality is meant to give us a unique way in which we can contribute to the whole or in, in which we can serve the human race, which is the, the core thing that gives you joy in heaven. So in Swedenborg, we'll liken it to like a complex machine where if, you, if you're going to, let's say, you want to build like a really high-end watch and you only have like two, you have two different gears and that's all you have, a bunch of copies of those gears, you're not going to be able to make anything. But something like a watch requires... There's like the plates that go around the outside that have this certain material and rigidity. There's the watch face and all the different parts on it. There's all the mechanics. There's the one. There's so much that there's elasticity in the band. Depending, there's so much that goes into that. Yeah, that's good. And it, they're all working together, but they need to be different in order for us to be able to make the whole thing in the plan. As you open a box of Legos, there needs to be all these different Legos in there because you're going to build this particular thing. God is trying to build heaven. And to build that heaven, he needs all these different pieces, each of which is us. That's great. So so explain to me about this crazy concept that variety is perfection. And that even this morning at New Church Live, we are looking at this other crazy concept that every time another person is added to heaven, heaven becomes more perfect. Like, how does that work, Curtis? You, you might think 
if there, let's say there's a place that's called heaven and after you die, you go there and it's like, everything's great. And the sky is blue or the people are all young and healthy and friendly and, and you're in special. You might think like, okay, <clears throat> that's enough. There's enough people in here. I don't want it to get too crowded. I, and also everyone that comes in, it's a little less special that I'm here because there, there's only so much love to go around. <laughs> Actually, Swedenborg says that people in heaven long for nothing more than to have new people arrive, to let them in. That That's their highest joy because, first of all, they're just nice. I mean, when you're in the state of heaven, it is a state that is based on you, you get a kick out of people being happy. So, so you're pumped to know that this person gets to join the happiness of heaven with you. Um, but also each person who arrives makes the heaven experience better for everybody else. Because like, like we were saying, um, you, when you arrive, you are the way you are. You have your own heart and mind that nobody else has ever had exactly the same and nobody else ever will be. So because of that, you're not only experiencing heaven in your own way, but you're creating a link between other parts of heaven. So you are going to be able to interface with somebody and then connect them to somebody else in a way that nobody else can. So every person actually makes heaven as a whole happier. Swedenborg even talks about how like the, he says in, in heaven, you can see how much joy there is because each one contributes to the whole and the whole contributes to each one. So I'm glad when you come into heaven because you make heaven better for me. And I know that you're experiencing the happiness of heaven. So um, individuality and numbers increase make heaven better. Variety is perfection because you can make a, you can do more and more useful things with a com more and more complex machine. And heaven needs everybody to be different so that it can form the complex machine that creates the happiest possible existence for the human race. Mm -hmm. So beautiful, you know. And I was thinking about it this morning a little bit. The difference between unity and uniformity, you know, and and it's not. It's not uniformity at all. You know, it's 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 what I like your analogy of the watch, right? It's all these different parts, but there's a unity of purpose to tell time. And that's and that's what organizes things. Like you set up this this unity of purpose, and that's what really is helpful. Where's the, where's there anything in in nature that's a uniformity that's that's really great? Yeah. I mean, a pile of sand, I guess, is uniformity, but <laughs> But not a not a an animal and not a human being. And the ultimate example of this variety is perfection that Swedenborg gives us is the human body. Yeah. And you have to have it's obviously it's a one thing. It's it's one thing, but it's composed of all these totally different things. Your your eyeball is not like your uh stomach lining, but you need both of them. And and it's from all these different things working together that you get this amazing thing emerges that you can like, you know, love and go to baseball games with and stuff. <laughs> That's good. That's good. And, 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 you know, and it talks a lot, you know, Swinburne talks a lot about it. it's, 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 it's not just that we're different, right? It's, it's that, you know, I mean, so much the core, right. Is this idea that we have these gifts, but it's not just like, Oh, look at, look at how different I am. Look at how unique I am. It's not just like, like, it's not just spotlights saying, hey, look at me. It's spotlights saying, hey, let me help you. And and that that's where we start to get into this concept of usefulness and purpose. And, and how would you hold that? Like, for somebody who doesn't really, 
hasn't heard that word usefulness or use. How would how would Swedenborg hold that? What was he what was he trying to trying to get us to think about in terms of heaven and how how heaven works? Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of different things that can make you happy. I was my my daughter had a birthday recently, and so we bought a cake. And for the last like eight <laughs> days, I've been eating cake for dessert. That makes me happy. Um, that's one kind of joy. There's a lot of other ones that you can go out, ride roller coasters. You can eat like a fancy dinner. Like there's, there's a lot of different kinds of joy. You can, you can like win a race and feel like, look at what I did that there's only one kind of joy that can be the foundation of a happy life, an actually happy life. And that joy is the joy of usefulness, which is just the joy of knowing you're making a positive difference in the world and knowing that what you're doing with your life means something and benefits other people. There's plenty of other things that can be good in our life, but if we don't have that baseline, everything else falls apart. If you, if you are, you can become fabulously wealthy, but if you don't then have to work and really have a purpose, you kind of spiral out. It's it's all about the, the state of heaven is based on, the joy of serving people and, and of understand not just like, okay, I'm doing it, but I understand why I'm doing what I'm doing. I understand the impact it's having on someone. And I'm excited for the good for the, either the suffering we're preventing or the happiness we're introducing or the healing that we're facilitating. I love that. I love that. And I want to get out there and I want to do that more and, and do it in my particular way. You notice how people are, are, they're all good at all kinds of different stuff. It's not like everyone just has, okay, I'll just go out and hand out money to everyone. That's that's what it is. No, you you go and you do your your work. You know, Chuck, you're a pastor. So you what you're great at is teaching people things and going and, and being with people and comforting them and listening to them. And you go do that. And that's how you make your difference. And you can derive happiness and, and joy from that. Everybody has that potential way to contribute I was talking about before. Well, there's a happiness that comes with that. And according to Swedenborg, that is the foundation of heaven. You could say heaven is the joy. And once you enjoy being useful, once that's the thing that's most exciting to you, you're in heaven. That's what heaven is. Yeah. It's always it's always interesting to me along those same lines. You know, we do a lot of community service stuff here at church. And and it's it's the one activity I can guarantee 100 percent, 100 percent happiness with. You know, somebody goes down and serves somewhere in a meaningful way. And I'll ask them, did you have a good time? I've never had anybody like, you know, that really, that was horrible. I had a horrible time serving. That was awful. I never want to do it again. Said no one, you know, it's like 100% guarantee. So I'm going to set you up, you know, like T-ball, like you mentioned your daughter, you know, like this is T-ball. This is, this is setting you up here. I better not with this. Yeah. Well, this is better not with this. This is setting you up to tell me a little story. So, so what if, Curtis, I wanted to just, if I believed that heaven was really just hanging out, eating food all the time, you know, just feasting constantly, you know, and uh, not serving any useful purpose, just feasting away, eating, 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 which I love to eat. Uh, does Swedenborg ever address any such challenge that people have who believe it's all about just having feasts? There's this episode of The Simpsons <laughs> where... Um, it's like, I, I don't know, maybe it's a Halloween episode or something, but Homer goes to hell 
and and the devil is there and the devil's like well i heard you like to eat donuts but would you want to eat a thousand donuts he starts to feed him donuts and thinking that that homer will like no i don't like this but homer just loves it they just eat in the mall and just loves it and so the devil is, is flummoxed but that's not how it really works you know how i was talking about that cake on those eight days um <clears throat> if i eat cake every day within a few weeks i wouldn't really care about it wouldn't really bring me joy anymore um t- pick your favorite activity that's not useful pick your favorite sensory gratification it will run out if you if you overindulge in it so there actually it used to be that there's quite a lot of people who thought the afterlife is one you just do one thing in it a lot of people thought the afterlife is just like continually praising god in church or some people did think that afterlife is you're dining with like the patriarchs from the Bible and this amazing meal every day. And a lot of people thought like, oh, heaven is just, you don't got to work anymore. It's like you've got, it's like you got a trust fund and you're not working anymore. Um, all that stuff is a miserable thing to base your life on. Any of that will decay and and not bring you that same happiness. There's a, a story that Swedenborg tells in the beginning of his book, Married Love, where a bunch of people, he, he witnesses a bunch of people coming at first into the afterlife. This is when he's having one of his spiritual experiences and kind of seeing into the world beyond. And all those people bring with them these these sorts of ideas that we've been talking about, about heaven that's just composed of one thing and that it's not useful, that that thing isn't useful. And, um, the, the people who are there in heaven say, okay, go for it. You know, go, go do that stuff for as long as you want. And after a few days, the people realize that this is not heaven and not like laying around with nothing to do. It's great. If you need a break, maybe you need a couple weeks, but then there's no meaning in it. There's no happiness. There's no purpose. Yeah. Um, same thing with eating. Any of those things can only be an adjunct joy. Like it can be a part of your joy, but it's not what your joy is based on. Heaven is the joy of being useful. And then all those other joys refresh and sustain you so that you can go and, and be useful. Yeah. And, and in that, an interesting part too, right? From a, from a Christian new church perspective, that idea of getting refreshed. And, and I love the word re- recreation, you know, like re- literally to recreate is to recreate. It's to have activities out there that actually help us come back to our purpose, help us come back to our usefulness in, in ways that are very life-giving. You got uh, to, you got to do that stuff. It, it, and it's just, it's all, it's all about why you're doing what you're doing. Yeah. You got to take, take care of yourself in all kinds of ways, but there's a difference between if I say I need to go take care of myself because that's I'm, I'm all about me versus I need to take care of myself so that I can continue to be useful. That's the difference between heaven and and hell. Yeah, that's good. That's good. And so, Curtis, like, you know, like the the big question, right? And and this is, I'm saying this with a big smile on my face. For any of you who are listening, I am smiling as I say this. Like, so what? That's amazing. Like, so, so what? So people do stuff in heaven. So what? The so what point is, what does that have to do? Like, we're supposed to, as in heaven, so upon the earth, we're supposed to, find ways to live this now, you know, and, 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 you know, I imagine there'll, there'll be people listening to this and some people will be like, Oh yeah, I know exactly what my purpose is. I'm living it. 
I'm going out every morning to do what I want to do. I mean, I feel really blessed. I'm doing what I want to do. If I had, if you gave me a list of possible jobs, you know, this would be what I would choose. But that's very rare. Most people are just, they don't have a sense of purpose as we might understand it in their jobs in this life. What would you, what would you offer to them? Like, how do we live a life that has that sense of purpose, even if we're in a job where we're feeling like it's not my purpose? Yeah. I think it's it's very easy, even in jobs that you love to have days when you're like this, I don't want to be doing this. And it can't be that the happiness of heaven is depending on you lucking into some dream job. Um, And I don't think it is. I think that the, the joy of usefulness is to take satisfaction in knowing that whatever it is I am doing, I'm going to do this well. I'm going to do this well because that's the fair thing to do that in all things that I do, I'm going to try to act fairly, rightly, and justly. And it could be that you're going to a job at an office or something. It could be that you're a parent and you're taking care of your kids at home. There's whatever it is you're doing. That's, that's contributing to say, I'm going to, I'm going to do this with my heart because I I'm doing that because that's what my spiritual principles tell me to do. There, there's a magic in that. Yeah. And again, it's not, we don't always get here. Like the, that, that heavenly joy doesn't always seep through into it, but that is building heaven within you. So we sometimes get picture of that. And then in the afterlife, that just becomes that much more tangible. Heaven and hell are states of mind. So heaven is something that we can be working on achieving and experiencing right now. And heaven is just the state in which you're living for um, for love, but but that's got to take some forms. And one of those forms is the useful activities you you provide. So whenever you're doing one of those things, just take a minute to, to realize, hey, this is sort of God reaching through me to do this thing. And then I can become more and more heavenly of a person through doing this justly and fairly and honestly and faithfully. And just think of everybody who was doing their jobs like that. What would it be like to go through society then? Mm. You know, I would take that. It would be heaven. Yeah, sure would. Sure would. <laughs> Curtis, can you share a personal story? You know, I find it so fun to watch, just watching people who are in that, what we might call it in more traditional new church circles, love of the use. Like they're really serving a purpose. It, and it may not be necessarily the fanciest job in the world, but you just, you look at them, you go like, that's a person who just is loving what they're doing. And they're making the most out of that opportunity to help other people like they're just they seem to really be thriving on that particular thing is there is there a story that comes to mind as i ask you that uh the first thing i thought of was my wife um who teaches preschool and i I, it doesn't mean every day she's like oh this is so this is so great i mean preschool is like you're talking about kids are like sneezing right in your face and they're all sick and there's like chaos like there's a lot to deal with that's a lot of work um, but she loves th- those kids and and she loves the idea. This is, this is my assessment anyway, watching her loves the idea of like um, molding them and, and, and loves kids innocence for what it is just has like this inexhaustible supply of like affection for that, that age and, and that kid. Um, and I think that's what, that's what the love of the use looks like. It's, it's not like every second is so amazing, but overall, like she, she's been doing it for a long time and she's still, she's still into it. 
So uh, to me, it's I, I always feel like that's the, that's a great spot for her because even after all that, she still can just notice what's cute and innocent and sweet about these kids, uh, even though she's been doing it for so long. So, so that's my first example. That's a good one. And and when when you pull when you pull all these things together, you know how like what 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 should people keep an eye out for with living a life of purpose? Like what should they? If they're thinking, okay, I want to live a life like that, and I, I, I'm not a teacher right now, but I, I, I want to have that in my job. What should, what does it mean to keep your eye on the ball with living a life of purpose? Like, what, what should people be looking for, or maybe a question they should be asking, or, or something that they should have in their mind, a perspective or a frame. So it's not about me; it's about the the team, which the team is is really the Lord and the heaven that he's trying to create the happiness for the human race. So if I can say, I'm, I'm going to go out, like maybe I'm praying a prayer in the morning, however you want to do it. It says, I, you know, I want to go out and just think about how I'm contributing to this big, good thing and how I want to be a a part of that. And maybe you're thinking about, you know, the, all the goodness that's being done in the world. Um, Ultimately, anytime we can focus broader than ourselves that lets heaven in, in, in my experience. So I think you want to, you want to meditate a bit on, you know, what, what kind of good you see happening, what kind of good you admire and little ways that you can do that in what you're doing. Um, I do think that there can be magic in moments where we, we try to focus on the usefulness and and kind of being, being part of that. Just think I'm going to make a little bit of heaven wherever I am, I'm in this cubicle, I'm in this office, but in the way I treat my coworkers as I'd want them to treat me, um, in the way I treat the customer as I'd want them to treat me, in, in the way that I'm treating my family, uh, I can, I get this opportunity to put a little heaven into the world and that that's contributing to something that's big and real and lasting. Mm. I, was, I was thinking as you were saying that, like it's always interesting to me one of the questions I really enjoy asking people, and it's just a stock question, which is what was the best day of work you ever had? And nine times out of 10, the, the, the conversation will come down to an interaction they had with somebody. You know, I mean, they may have a, a job as X, but what they want to talk about is, yeah, and then I was at the water cooler and there was this employee who was sad because blah, 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 it happened. And I reached out and, you know, now we're best friends or whatever, you know, and it's just interesting watching how that how that all works it all comes down to the people side of the equation for most people i mean some people like the the thing itself but for a lot of people it's the relationality that really where they really start to find purpose and just know that you don't know you don't know what impact you're having you don't know what impact so chuck i i think you've probably you could think of oh this is a day when i really felt like you know somebody needed me to talk to them and i did it or i felt like i did particularly well at this sermon and maybe that's there's probably impact on some on people who were watching something that changed their life and you don't know anything about it. Mm-mm. It's out mm-hmm. there. You don't know anything about it for the person who's focusing on the thing that they're making that, that thing then goes out and gets into somebody's life and you don't know how it's going to impact them. Yeah. It, it, there's probably amazing things 
that we've done for each other that we don't even always realize. That's why you just doing something in, in that spirit of love or yeah, interacting, who knows the, all the, um, all the times when your, your actions toward a coworker have impacted them and you don't even realize it. You don't even know, you couldn't point back to it, but, but you did have an impact on them. That's why it's worth it because um, goodness travels. Goodness is, is contagious. Well, I love, I love that, that um, you know, the idea of the parable, of the sower, right? Like our job is just to throw the seed out there. I mean, some of it will go on good land, some on ground, some will go on medium, some will go on great, but it's really hard to know ahead of time. We just want to do the best we can to just, to just do as many little things, you know, plant as many seeds as possible because we just don't know. We just don't know. Yeah. And you always got, you always got to think about how the Lord is doing everything. Yeah. There's something, part of the heaven, part of the mindset that is heaven is that actually God is the one who's doing all the things that are good. So if I think, look at me, I'm, I'm putting these seeds out here. Is anyone, are they growing or not? It's just going to invite all kinds of neuroticism. But if I'm thinking, well, look at this, I'm, I'm, the Lord is using me to put these seeds out because he loves the people who, who are going to catch those seeds. And then, and I don't know what he's going to do with them. Maybe in somebody he's like storing it up, it's going to come out later, maybe other people, but, but he's going to do something about thinking that way, thinking that, that God is got a plan and he's makes you f- feel and understand that you're part of something that's magical. And it also makes you see the world in a in a this beautiful light. I, I think it's it's a, they're, they're another indispensable part of heaven is I, I want to be useful, and God is the one who's actually doing all the useful things. I, I'm like a great, really cool hammer, but I'm just I'm just the hammer, right? God is the builder. Yeah, it was at church on Sunday. We talked about the idea of just cleaning the window. Like that's our job clean the window, just keep as best we can. Cause, cause there is a limit. It's a really bad joke, but it's, but I'm going to uh, dare to say it, it. Cause it was a, I thought it was kind of a funny joke. And um, it was, it was, so this man discovers how to t- take dirt and turn it into a dog. And so he decides to take God on in this contest just to prove that he can be godlike. And so, so God takes the dirt and forms a dog. And then the man's like, all right, just give me some dirt. Watch what I do. And God says, get your own dirt. <laughs> that's that's it right because that's that's where like I, oh who was it who said uh god is the ground of our being like i love that idea like it's it's the ground it's it's like we're nothing without ground we, we have to have that it's out of we grow out of that and that's what we're trying to be part of and that i don't know how that concept strikes people but it's i love it it's got i've gotten to the point where that that is that is an indispensable component of happiness is to realize your dependence on god yeah that the moments when i realize my dependence and and the, uh, uh, how god is the one who's c- kind of masterminding everything that's that's what heaven is that there's a happiness in that it doesn't make make everything meaningless um but it has this sense of of hope and optimism and, and the idea that oh r- real good can be being done here yeah and that's exciting because everybody i think gets a little jaded because they think the world is not good but when you see this potential of oh god the world can be good and, and god is only good and is only doing that it's special it feels special yeah and it is it is interesting watching that the peacefulness we get that god has us all on our journey you know and and that that we're held in a certain way as that as that moves forward, and what you were saying too about hope, it, it is. I was I was listening to this uh, Oxford mathematician who's a Christian. He was talking about suffering, and he was saying, you know, if 
if we could step back far enough, we would be amazed by what God even does with suffering. You know, it's just, we don't, we, we tend to see things just in a narrow slice, but if we stepped way back, we would see the bigger picture. And I think it's the same way with purpose. Like we may just be in this little job thinking this little job is just X, Y, and Z, but stepping back, God sees it as miraculous what we're able to do and, and, and able to, um, effect and the changes that we're allowed to work through us and all those pieces that are just so powerful. So very, very powerful. Well, Curtis, as, as we as we draw this to a close, how would you, you know, we've been, we've looked at three things. We've looked at heaven really has three things. It has the idea of people, you know, you're those, 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 those fellow travelers, the idea of place, the idea that we go to a place that is uniquely suited to us just we just where we feel home i mean again i love the idea that that spirituality is the art of homecoming i love that idea and now we have purpose and you know can you riff off of that for just a minute you know just the idea that we have people we have place and we have purpose and all three of these things kind of harmonize and can you riff off of that for a second and just maybe yeah. draw some attention to something that matters with it? Well, they're they're all the same thing because they all are direct results of each other. Now, the way that heaven works, it, heaven itself is the you're in heaven when you're in the purpose of doing what's good, doing what is good, and, and, and thinking what is true. In in heaven, for, for, for any of us to be in heaven is when the Lord has finally gotten the work done so that what we care most about has changed from being we care most about our own ego and our own gratification to instead we care most about doing good and, and loving the neighbor. Then that that's the miraculous change that is heaven. So when when we make that change, suddenly you know, he, heaven emerges in us and we become a little heaven. Like, you know, it's like to, to be around somebody who's nice. It's like, it feels like heaven it feels great. Somebody who is loving and wise. It's just an awesome feeling to be around them in the, in the afterlife, who you are, you, you move toward people who are like you. So if you have your particular purpose, um, that brings you to a particular place in heaven because it's just like a place is like a state of mind. So I'm, I'm in this place. Like you ever been somewhere on earth and you feel like, wow, I, I just really connect to this place. In the afterlife, there is like this because of who, what the purpose, the good purpose that God's put in you belongs somewhere. It belongs somewhere. So it belongs in a per certain place in heaven. And you're going to have all these other people who are all different from you, but some of them are are close to you. They're similar enough that they're that they're not in the exact same place, but they're around. Yeah. So so people who are devoted to similar things who would work really well with you form this community. And together you're all this one little part of heaven, just like you're, you're, you're like one little part of the body that then finds its happiness in being a part of the body and, and contributing back. So purpose leads to place, which leads to community. Um, Cause really everything in, in heaven revolves around the heart. So where your heart is, uh, as is said, there, there your treasure is and the treasure comes in the form of living somewhere beautiful among people you love with really meaningful work to do. And that that's the happiest you can be. Yeah. Oh man. And may we so live in this life, even if it's just a little tiny, little tiny sample heaven, you know? Yeah. I think, you know, it's not that bad to know the opposite. Yeah. We all get a sense of that. So just, 
you know better what what happiness is. I think this world could be a lot more like heaven, and, and that's why it really matters that we do what we're doing. Uh, you know that, that we we go out and w- in our work and everywhere else show up with this effort and and work to to change the world for like that. But you can also know at the same time, yeah, that 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 this is all the work you do, even if it seems like it's the seeds aren't going anywhere. For you're shaping yourself into the kind of person that's that's going to have this happiness in heaven. So work, you know, there's hope here now and there's hope for the life to come. That's good. Well, Curtis, I want to thank you a lot. And and for anybody who's watching this, you know, Curtis and I work for, we work together a lot. And, uh, you know, just again, if you're interested in looking at some church things, again, New Church Live, we have a wonderful online congregation, uh, more than welcome to get involved with us. And Curtis does a lot of stuff online too, as well. Yes, I do. I have a YouTube channel called Off the Left Eye, youtube.com slash off the left eye, where we go and explore everything that Swedenborg wrote about heaven and everything else. Um, that's my use. I, I love doing that. As, and I love getting to, you know, anytime I get to share the vision of heaven that's been so profoundly moving for me as we're doing right now, that's when I that's when I feel like I'm I'm got my piece of heaven. I've noticed that the more useful I feel in that, the better everything else in my life is. So thanks for giving me this opportunity, Chuck, to, to do this here. All right. Well, we want to thank you folks for joining us. Again, you can look up Off the Left Eye or New Church Live if you're liking more information. And great to have you take part in a little conversation. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for joining me on today's New Church Live podcast. You can find other resources and links to the topics discussed in the show notes. And if you enjoyed this podcast, please do not forget to subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcast and to rate and review the podcast. It's the single best way to support us, and it is free. Wishing you all the very best. Take care.